morning if you believe it clap your hands one more time and give him a praise in this place Whoa! anybody got faith in the building this morning you excited to be in the house of the Lord on Sunday morning hallelujah high five about six people on the way to your seat tell them it's already done it's liable to get dangerous in here in the next few moments 
Amen. Let me take a quick opportunity this morning to give a great big welcome to all of our guests that are here in the house of the Lord. Rock Church, can I borrow your hands and your voice one more time? I need you to help me make a thunderous applause and give a great big shout for all of our guests. Come on, help me welcome them this morning. Amen. To all of our guests, we are so excited to have you in the house of the Lord today. We want you to know what a privilege and an honor it is to have you in the house of the Lord worshiping with us today. And if you're here for the very first time this morning, you should have received a VIP invitation card. And this is an invitation to join us immediately after the service in our VIP room. We want you to know VIP stands for very important person. And you are an important person to us today. We've prepared a, a small gift that we'd like to give to you, some light refreshments, and we'd really just love an opportunity uh, to tell you and how much we appreciate you being in the house of the Lord with us today. Amen, somebody. We have a little understanding here at this church. Uh, really, it's a policy for us. And I know it's rude to impose policies on your guests, but this one is really important to us. And our policy is simply this. You are only a guest for the first five minutes that you come through the door. After that, you're just at home here at the Rock Church. Amen, Rock Church. So I need you to help me rotate 360 degrees in your seat. Touch everybody around you and tell them welcome home this morning. Come on, tell them they're in front of you, they're behind you, they're on your left. Just tell them welcome home this morning. Amen. We are so excited to have you in the house of the Lord today. God has been doing some incredible things here at the Rock Church. Amen. This past week, Anthony was baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. I think we ought to shout over that. Michael was baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. Sandy was baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. Tuesday night, Joseph was baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. We ought to give God a shout of praise this morning. Whoa! Amen. And I got something to add to that. You can leave baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost in this building this morning. Amen. There is nothing in the world like the power of obeying the gospel message of Jesus Christ. To repent of your sins, to be baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of those sins and receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. God wants to give somebody a brand new life in the building today. Come on, is there anybody that would love to walk out of this place with a brand new life, a brand new perspective? Amen. Amen. We are excited about that. And as you know, we are right in the middle of a 90-day pledge campaign. Uh, this church has its sights set on the blessings and the promises of God, not only for this church, 
but for the great revival that God is accomplishing in this city, in this county, in this state, in the nation, and through us around the world. Amen, somebody. And so we are in the middle of a 90-day pledge campaign, and uh, just four weeks ago, this church pledged. Uh, the pledge is now all the way up to four hundred and forty-one thousand dollars. Well, that's worth shouting over right there. Amen. And in just uh, four short weeks, already eighty-two thousand of that has come in. I think we ought to give God a praise for that. And I want to say a great big thank you to all of the incredible saints of God that, that have stepped up to the plate and are pooling together uh, with us and believing God for the miraculous. Uh, we're so excited about that. And if you not, have not yet had an opportunity to pledge, uh, of course, you can pick up a pledge card out at our uh, first impressions counter in the lobby. And uh, we, are, we are just absolutely blown away at everything that God is doing. Amen. And then I am excited about this upcoming weekend, Friday and Saturday, the singles night and the married night. Listen, you're in one of two categories in the building today. <laughs> you're either single or you're married. And so that means we want everybody to come out to these nights. We got a place for you. I don't care if you're 86 years old and single. Somebody said, I'm, I'm 86, I'm single, ready to mingle, and make my phone jingle. Hallelujah. <laughs> this isn't a singles date night, okay? I don't want you to misunderstand, but this is going to be an incredible time for God to pour in uh, to our, our singles and then of course Saturday night all of our married couples listen we, we, we're doing something special for you and it would be a shame for you to miss what God's going to be doing this weekend so whatever you have to do get out in the lobby after service today you'll find the registration tables out there get registered we want you to be here and to be blessed by what God is doing in this place amen Amen. Did you come hungry for the word of the Lord today? It is such a, a privilege and an honor today to have with us all the way from New Albany, Indiana, Bishop Todd Nichols. Would you help me give a great big Rock Church welcome this morning to Bishop Todd Nichols? Come on, we can do better than that. Help me make him welcome today here at the Rock Church. Amen. I, I have known of Bishop Nichols for, for quite some time and uh, in recent history had the privilege of making his acquaintance and then had the privilege of ministering with him at a conference last year. And from the moment I had the opportunity to sit down and chat with him, I felt a divine connection in the Holy Ghost and felt that there was a, a kindred connection between he and I. And not just he and I, but as we both shared our heartbeat and passion for what God is doing in our fields of labor, I felt a connection between uh, his 
churches and what God is doing there and the connection to what God is doing here at the Rock Church and, uh, and our churches, not just here, but internationally. And uh, I knew immediately that, that we, we needed to find an opportunity that God would allow for him to come and be with us. And so with careful prayer, thought, and consideration, uh, he, he accepted the invitation to come. And uh, it is a tremendous sacrifice, I know, uh, to not be at home and blessing his own people. But we are deeply grateful that God orchestrated this opportunity this weekend for Bishop Todd Nichols to be with us and to speak the word of the Lord. How many of you know that God has given him a word for this house? I want you to stand with me all over this sanctuary as we prepare ourselves to receive the word of the Lord. Bishop Nichols, we are so honored that you're here. We want you to know that you have complete liberty in this pulpit. And whatever it is that God has directed you, we're ready to follow and respond to the word of the Lord in this place. One more time, would you put your hands together and give a great big ovation and thank God for the ministry of Bishop Nichols as he comes to deliver the word. Let's give God a praise. My, 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 what a great, what a great house. What a great presence of the Lord is in this place today. And uh, I am so highly, highly honored to be here. Uh, the bishop brought me in here last night. And we walked around, toured around a little bit. And I was a little shocked to see that there was paint still on the walls. Because he preaches the paint off the walls every service. Amen. So you've got some good painting crews around here. I, I know that. And I, I'm excited. I'm, I'm thankful for this God connection with your bishop and first lady and Brother Isaac and Brother Judah. And we are so thankful for this, for this family. You know, when you meet some people you wonder how in the world that we go so long without crossing paths but the timing of God is is perfect and the Lord does all things well and I feel the exact same way I concur with exactly what he said um, with meeting in person uh, this past November in um, Elk Grove, California at the Momentum Conference there. And man, he set that place on fire. And you are blessed and highly favored of God. Yeah. I know, I know this is a truly apostolic church, and the reason that I know that is because every time I turned around in this service, the, the media team back there was worshiping. Several of them back there, and I saw the hands waving and the fingers going in the air and raising their hands and worshiping God and singing and all that kind of stuff. And I'm, 
I'm thankful for this and and what a what a great what a great band and choir and worship team. Amen. Where where where's the brother that was leading the leading the choir just a minute ago? Where are you at? Come up here for just a second. My God. I got the Holy Ghost just watching him. If you did the Holy Ghost today, just watch him. Come up, come up here for a second. I, I, got a, I got a question for you. And the question is, would you like to change shoes? Man, if I had some of them, I, I'd probably move like that too. Amen. Isn't he awesome? Powerful. Give him a good hand. Amen. I come home with those shoes and my wife would think I was something. Praise God. So thankful to be here. And I I believe that I believe that you stand in a, a critical moment, in a pivotal moment. And I know that you know that. And I know that your leadership knows that and understands. And you are in a place of, of faith. All transition requires great faith. A lot of people get lost in transition because they don't keep the faith. And they, you know, when the children of Israel came to the Jordan River, came to Kadesh Barnea, and they sent those spies out into the land. This is not my message, but, but it's good anyway. They, they came to Kadesh Barnea and they, they said, this is, this is harder than we thought it was going to be. This is a bigger, bigger obstacle than we thought it was going to be. I'm, I, I don't think we can tackle this. And so for the next 40 years, they, they wandered in the wilderness. And when you come to moments like you're in right now, you either have to cross over or it may be a long time before you ever see that again. And so what we learned from that is they didn't have a problem with the vision. They didn't have a problem with the vision. Once God gives the vision and once people catch the vision, the vision becomes second nature. What they had a problem with was the execution of the vision. And it's easy to talk, 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 talk about the vision. But when it comes to a place where where it's time to execute on the vision, you got to cross over. How many of you believe that here? How many of you believe that this morning? Praise God. And so I, I know that you are, I know that you're ready. Uh, what a what a great testimony. Uh, Four hundred and 40,000 or 41,000, something like that, in, um, in pledges. And, and that's, that's awesome, those 90-day pledges, but you can't stop there. Man. So I, I, believe, I believe that the Lord uh, would just like me to kind of help you to, to cross over 
just get a little closer today cross over your mind when you when you've been on this journey from from where you came from to the promise you have to cross over in your mind long before you get to physically cross over in the timing the timing of God and so this morning if you're not if you're not crossed over to that next place in your mind you need to settle that in your mind because I'm going to tell you the enemy if he attacks anything he's going to attack your mind and what he will what he will tell you is you can't do this oh I I didn't count on this I didn't know I was going to get laid off my job and I didn't know they were going to have pay cuts and I didn't know that that the water heater was going to go out and the car was going to break down and I, I didn't realize that the roof was going to be leaking. I, I didn't know all of this unexpected stuff, but you, you need to remember that when the Lord told you where you were going, He knew the end from the beginning. Anybody here this morning? So you, you, have, to, you have to step into it in your mind and... There is, a, there is a flow that comes with that. And, and I realize this is a revival apostolic church. I, I get all of that. And so I'm not speaking to you as if you are novices. But, but as, you, as you go into the future, not just now, but a year from now and five years from now, 10 years from now and 20 years from now, there will be higher and higher hurdles that you will have to you'll have to get over and that means your faith is going to have to increase over time so you you cannot you cannot fail the test of faith you have to you have to keep climbing with your faith you can't ever allow there to be a cap to be put on to be put on your faith um, and so I, I am thankful for the opportunity that you have I'm thankful for where you are headed and you have the leadership to get you there. What a tremendous, tremendous power couple. A great, anointed, apostolic, spirit-led man and woman of God that he has given you. Do you love your bishop and your first lady? No, no, no. Now, let me, let me ask you again. Let me ask you again. It's not, it's not good enough until they're fully embarrassed. All right? Do, do you love anybody on my left side? Does anybody on my left side love your bishop and first lady? Okay, well. The, the, the standard has been set now. Does anybody on my right-hand side love your bishop and first lady? They're not, they're not quite embarrassed. Does anybody in the mid, middle love your bishop and first lady? Ah. We gotta, we gotta work, we gotta work on the middles here. Yeah, we gotta work on it. We gotta work on it. We're gonna, we're gonna get there. Does any, does anybody in the house love your bishop and first lady? Amen. I, I could ask the platform, but that'd be unfair. There's only a few of them, but. I, I know they I know they do 
Praise God. I, I, um, I was on the plane yesterday. I, I had a funeral that I had to preach at noon yesterday. And, and so with all of that, trying to clear my mind, and I got on the first leg of the, of the plane and, and just trying to, trying to relax. And you know how that goes on a plane. And just trying to trying to unwind a little bit and adjust and adapt and get my get my mind reset and just begin to pray softly there on that flight and the Lord started downloading some things in my spirit and I got my phone out and just started just started typing away and Many, probably most times, I'd, I don't use uh, notes when I preach. Um, sometimes I do. It depends on, depends on the moment, depends on the topic and the setting. But I, I just begin to type. And so uh, what I begin to type is not, not really notes, but um, just simply reminders of, of what the Lord was saying there on that flight. Uh, you you have such a tremendous you have such a tremendous destiny, and I know you're standing. I'm gonna let you be seated here in just a moment. But uh, you have such a tremendous destiny, and I I, I know what I'm about to read is is um, a very recognizable portion of scripture. And on, all I know to do is tell you what the Lord is saying right now. And so that's that's what I want to try to do today. First Kings chapter chapter four and, and verse one. Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord, and the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in the house? She said, Thy thine handmaid hath not anything in the house save a pot of oil. Then he said, Go, borrow the vessels. That's an important point. Borrow the vessels abroad of all thy neighbors even empty vessels borrow not a few. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door unto, upon thee and upon thy sons and shall pour out into all those vessels. Thou shalt pour out into all those vessels and thou shalt not set aside for thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons who brought the vessels to her, and she poured out. And it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said unto her son, Bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, There is not a vessel more. And the oil stayed. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go, sell the oil, sell the oil, 
and pay thy debt and live thou and thy children of the rest. I, I, I don't really have a title this morning. I, I did give them a phrase just so they make the screens look good and the live stream wonderful and all that kind of stuff. And I appreciate all of that stuff because I love, I love this stuff. Uh, but, but the Lord spoke to me on that plane and said, I want you to tell them that they are entering into an oil boom. Now that'll, that'll make more sense here in a little bit, but I want you to do me a favor and I, if you got something in your hand, just put that down. I want you to make contact with your neighbor. Put a hand on the shoulder, join a hand with somebody right now. And I pray, I want you to pray with me, Father, in the name of Jesus. I pray that you would move on your people today. I pray, God, that you would do something mighty, Lord, in this place. I pray that you would arrest every mind. I pray that you would arrest every spirit here today. Let us be incarcerated and enraptured by the Holy Ghost, God. I pray that revelation. I pray that revelation would be released. Pray the power of God that's already in this building would begin to minister to the hearts and the minds of people in the sanctuary. Let your prophetic anointing, let your prophetic power, let your prophetic unction be released in this house in the name of Jesus, Father. We need you, Lord God. We need you, Lord God. I praise your name. Amen. Praise God. Now with all of your might, would you clap your hands unto the Lord? And with all of your might, would you shout to God? Come on. And I want you to release something in this place this morning. His power is here. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Praise God. You may be seated. Praise God. Now, if, you, if you're looking for a sermon, you're going to be disappointed, but we're going to go somewhere. We're going to go somewhere this morning. 21 years ago, my family and I were, were elected to a small church in New Albany, Indiana. If you don't know where that's at, it's in the Louisville metro area. We're just across the river from downtown Louisville. And we were there. We came in. There was, there was about 35 people. And... There was no money. There was no money in the bank. The church wasn't bringing in uh, it just, just a small fraction of what it brings in now. And I was four and a half months in. We had, we had a building that, that was on the other side of our foyer that once upon a time was the original sanctuary. There was a church that was renting that. Uh, that was a denominational church. It was there when I got there. And about four months in, I, I felt to go speak to that pastor and say, hey, you know, we appreciate the rent. I don't, I don't feel like we need it anymore. I feel like the Lord is, like is um, going to supply what we need. And uh, I, I don't want to upset the apple cart. I'll give you plenty of time to find somewhere else and... So they did, and it was it was fine. And and not long after that, I was sitting up, I was sitting up in my office, and the Lord 
spoke to me and he said, I, I want you to go downstairs. I want you to walk into that building and I want you to start a building project. And so I, I called a man that owns a tree business in our, our church and I, I said, uh, hey, Brother Steve, do you, do you have a sledgehammer by chance? Now, this is in the middle of the afternoon. Nobody's heard this but me. He said, I do. I said, can you, any way you can bring it by the church? He said, I can. I'll be there in five minutes. And so he pulls up. I get the sledgehammer, walk back in the church. He hollers at me, hey, hey, what are you doing? Now, granted, I've only been the pastor for four months. And, and so he said, what, what are you doing? I said, come with me and I'll show you. I walked right up in that, in that room. Now, I don't recommend this. But I walked up in that room and I just started knocking the fire out of the walls in that building. I didn't care what was behind the walls, what was in the walls. I didn't care what anybody thought about it. And between swings, he was going, what, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm obeying the Holy Ghost. And so... I told him what was going on. I said, tell you what, get a handful of men. Let's be back up here at seven o'clock tonight and we're gonna start tearing this building apart. Well, we, we didn't have it about 35, 40, 45 people. We've been there four months, so it had grown a little bit. And to, to my shock, the entire church showed up. We had, we had little kids with hammers and we, we had ladies with sledgehammers and goggles on and and face mask on, and what? And we started tearing that building apart. Now remember, we had no money, none. We didn't have any money. Like when I tell you no money, I mean like maybe in the negative, not really. But it was just it was just barely positive. We might have had a few hundred dollars in the bank, and they couldn't figure out what was going on. And I was afraid to ask God what was going on. But what I can tell you is a church that brought in very little money the year before put $85,000 cat. That don't sound like a lot of money, but you should see it today. That whole side of that building looked brand spanking new, new floor, new paint, new walls, new structure, new ceiling, new lights for $85,000. It took us four and a half months and by the time we got done, it was all paid cash. And that, that don't seem like a big deal. That don't seem like a big deal. But, but years later, I, I walked out the front door of the church and, and we had bought a couple of acres adjacent to the church. And you walk out, it was a two acre uh, lot of land that the Lord helped us to buy. And we had had it for several years. And when I walked out the door, I heard the voice of God right here behind my right ear. I heard him say, pave that land and do it now. I didn't even hesitate. From the front door to my car, which is probably about where this sister is sitting right here, I was already on the phone with the first blacktop company. Now I'm thinking we're gonna do this for $50,000. No, no. The first bid I got was $225,000. Now, the first thing that happens is, whoa, hold on now, whoa. I don't know if I heard right. I might need to go check 
the budget. And so I said, no, no, I'm not going to hesitate. And, and so I, I, called, I called another one, got a second bid, and it was $240,000. And the third bid was $350,000. So I had a little brief conversation with the Lord. I said, Lord, I don't doubt what I heard. I know you told me to pave this parking lot, this, this lot here. But I, I, I don't know. I, I, I think, I think maybe, maybe you overspoke or something. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if you knew what this is going to cost. Of course he did. And, and so anyway, well, I was trying to figure out what to do. And so a couple of days later, a friend of mine that owns a bank in town called me, said, let's have lunch. We sitting there and he was asking me about the church and, and, uh, I told him what was going on. I told, I just told him. I just told him, I said, the Lord spoke to me and told me to pay two acres of land right next to our church. He said, oh, you need to call my father-in-law. I said, who's your father-in-law? So he told me, and I said, oh, okay, I thought he was just excavation. He said, no, he said, he will, he will do the whole job, and he said, it will be the best parking lot you've ever walked on to, trust me. And so he comes out. And, and this, this old guy, I'm not being ugly, not being disrespectful, but this old guy, 80, 82 years old, walks up in, these, in this flannel shirt and these uh, overalls. I'm not exaggerating. And he says, hey, you Pastor Nichols, I'm not making fun. I'm not making fun. This is exactly how it went. You Pastor Nichols? I said, I am. He said, I, I'm, Norm, I'm Norm Estes. And I'm thinking, Okay. And he said, what, what can I do you for? And I, I said, I said, well, we want to pave this piece of land. He said, you want to pave all of it? I said, I want to pave all of it. He said, all right, you give me 15 minutes. He started walking across that property. He jumped in his truck for a minute. He took a little scratch piece of paper, and he wrote on there $155,000. And so that, that, that was a blessing. That was a miracle. And so... So uh, anyway, he said, when you want to start? I said, when can you start? He said, I can start Monday next week. I said, let's go. So I got up and told the church. I said, now, and I told them the whole story, what I just told you. They're all excited because we've got $155,000 in the bank. They're running miles, and we're going to get a new parking lot and all that kind of stuff. I said, now, here's the caveat. We're not dipping into what we already have to pay for this. Well, at the time, you know, I, I, I didn't know how that money was going to come in because he told me it was only going to take four weeks to do the job. And can I tell you that by the time the job was done, when I had to write that check, Norm walked up to me. He said, how much did I tell you I charged? I said, $155,000. He said, just make a check out for $145,000. And he saved me $10,000, but every dime of it had come in. And the point I'm trying to make is, when God tells you to do something, I'll, I'll preach here in a little bit. When God tells you to do something, you put your shoes on and you get up and you go after it because where there is vision, there is provision. God will provide for the vision. 
And so after that, man, I was so excited. I told the church, I said, I wrote that check. Money wasn't there four weeks ago and you gave and you sacrificed. And now I've looked at the mortgage note and we owe $338,000 on it. Now this is October. And I said, the Lord said, we're going to pay this building off by the end of the year from October. Now we didn't know where the $150,000, was going to come from. But, but not only that, between October and the end of the year, we paid a $338,000 mortgage note off because the Lord said it. We put, we put $10,000 worth of LED lighting up. We, we put two $20,000 signs out front of the church and down the road. I'm like, man, hey, I just learned a lesson here. And it took me years from the time that I took that sledgehammer and knocked a hole in that wall and gutted that building and renovated that building. I just learned that when the Holy Ghost tells you to do something, he's already got the means to pay for it. Anybody here this morning? And so it, it wasn't long after that. I don't, I don't know, two, three years. Uh, this, this has been a couple of years ago. And we were, we were trying to get ready. We were trying to get ready to, to go into this uh, future building we've been looking at for years and years and years. We've believe, been believing, been having faith. And it just seems like the elusive target. It just keeps on moving. It keeps on getting a, a little further out. Every time we get to where we put our fingertips on it, we, we just can't reach it. And so we were focused 100% on that. And I got a call from a friend of mine one day. He's a prophet of God. He said, hey, you're not going to believe this. I said, what? He said, I was just sitting on your platform. I said, I'm sorry? He said, I was just sitting on your platform. I knew he wasn't in town. And so I said, okay. He said, I literally was sitting on your platform with my legs hanging off your platform and I heard the voice of the Lord tell him to focus on this building first. Now, you know, our building, our building, you needed some, some renovation and, and whatever, but I, but I didn't realize, I didn't realize how much it needed it. And while this big project that we were working on over here, we had already hired an architect for that. They were building a $165,000 rendering and we're working with them. We're trying to get in that piece of property. And then all of a sudden the Lord's telling me to work on this one. And while I was in the meeting with the architect one day, he said, hey, what's up with your current building? I said, what do you mean? He said, is it in good shape? And I said, I mean, it's okay. Yeah, it's in pretty good shape. He said, well, I'm going to come by and look at it. And I said, you want to look at our building? He said, yeah, I want to look at it. I said, okay, can I ask why? He said, just let me look at it, and then I'll tell you why. So we, he comes by the church, and he, he brings three architects with him. Now, these guys, these guys are architects that do multi-hundreds of millions of dollars uh, of renovations and building projects. They're, they're a major deal. They, they do work in 32 states. And he comes in our building, and I, I was a little kind of, you know, I'm making excuses for everything. Don't pay attention to that over there. Don't worry about that tear in the carpet, and and don't, don't look at that, whatever. And he finally told me, he said, hey, you need to relax. We're here to help. What I didn't know is they were going to spend the next six weeks in my building. They were going to laser shot 
shoot every inch of that building. They, they were going to go through and they were going to build new plans for our building. And they were going to start picking out all the new carpet and all the paint and all the colors and all the textures and all this kind of stuff. And they probably saved us seventy-five dollars to $100,000 on a renovation project. And when we started renovating, when we started renovating, I told the church, I said, we're not dipping into our savings. We're headed for that building there. But the Lord said, focus on this building first. I didn't know that over the next year, maybe a little bit more, that $1.4 million was going to come in to renovate our current complex. I had no idea where that money was coming from because people looked like they were capped out giving. But where there is vision, there is provision. And I want this church to understand God's got you. Now, he don't just have you corporately, but he's got you individually. I want to tell some people in this place right now that the Holy Ghost would like to cancel your debt today. <laughs> Trying to get them excited. Now, here we were. We, we, finished, this, we finished this renovation. And the Lord brought all of that back. I, I don't think I've ever told this in another church. I, I'm not here to tell anything about our business or whatever. I, I've never told this in another church. But what I will say, when, when I was on that plane yesterday, the Lord began to rehearse all of that in my mind. And he said, I, I want you to tell the Rock Church that as the vision expands, the provision is going to expand. I'm trying to get some of you excited. What you, what you need to understand about the prophetic spirit of God is that when it begins to speak, it releases something in the atmosphere. What, what you're doing right now is not just plans on paper. It, it's not just something that you sat down with a little think tank and you've got a group in the church and you're planning this, planning that, and you got your bishop here and God's given him a vision. This, this is not his vision. This is God's vision. Amen. And, and whatever, whatever obstacles seem to come. Now, I, I know, I know there's a transaction in the making here. Is that right? I know the church knows about it, right? I'm not telling those secrets, right? Okay. I'm not going to tell the details, but, but, but there's, a, there's a transaction in the making here. And you need to understand, it don't matter how it's structured, because I'm telling you, God is going to release provision to take care of the vision. Don't come to Kadesh Barnea and start questioning God now. Don't worry about $440,000 that's been pledged and, and, and think that you're going to be broke after 90 days. You're not going to be broke. You're going to be more blessed than you were six months ago. Oh, I wish I had somebody praise him right now. Now, in, in the story, you, you be seated for a minute. In the story of this, of this widow woman, the value was not in what was borrowed. 
The value was not in what was borrowed. The value was what was being poured into what was borrowed. The vessels, they, they were only there so that the oil had somewhere to be poured. Now, I, I don't know how many vessels y'all borrowed. I saw three of them last night. And I know we're in a borrowed vessel right now. But the value is not in this borrowed vessel. The value is what is inside of this borrowed vessel. And the wealth is not coming from the vessel. The wealth is coming from the oil that is poured inside of the vessel. Now, when you, when you find more vessels in this story, you find that the oil is released. You find that the oil won't stop flowing. Now, how does a church go from a building that seats 200? How do you pack 200 in a building, in a borrowed vessel, and come into another borrowed vessel and go from 200 to over 500 in seven years? It doesn't happen. But the reason that's happening is because a lot of years ago, a lot of years ago, there was, there was some things before you ever got here that was trying to keep, keep debt and keep people, keep people in, enslaved and keep them bound up and keep them, I'm telling you right now, keep them, keep them strapped up and, and, and control and, and all that kind of stuff. And the widow said, I've got to have something because my kids are about to be brought into slavery. He said, what do you have in the house? She said, I don't have anything, but I do have some oil. I wish I had a preaching church right now. I, I don't have anything, but I, but I do have some oil. And it's in a little pot. He wasn't concerned about the pot. All he needed to hear was that there was oil in the house. And what I've come to tell the Rock Church today is that you're about to enter into an oil boom. And God is going to release the miraculous and provision. Why don't you clap your hands unto the Lord and give him praise. This isn't about a building. It's about making sure that people don't end up as captives. It's about releasing the captive. Now, when they poured all that out, now I'm talking to people that, that get a little worried sometimes because you're giving, 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 and the, 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 the bank balance seems to be shrinking down and things seem to be getting a little tighter and the gas prices go up and and your utility bill goes up and the economy seems like it, may, it might be in trouble and, and all these things. And you've got changes going on in the workplace. But, but God, God is going to bless his people beyond measure.
Because the Bible says there wasn't just enough money to pay off the debt, but there was plenty. There was plenty to live on. And I'm going to tell you, if you will release it, God will give you everything that you need, not just to live on, but to be blessed and highly favored. I'm telling somebody, your salary bonus is coming by your pouring out. Your next raise and promotion is coming in the pouring out. Oh, I wish I had somebody to believe me here this morning. The way to release bottomless blessings is in taking the lid off. God knows how to cancel your debt. God knows how to cancel your debt. I'm going to say it again. God, no, I think, I think these people standing must be the only one that know what debt is. Anybody know what debt is? God knows how to cancel your debt, but he also knows how to put you in a place where you don't ever have to worry about debt again. And you don't ever have to worry about the inflow again. You don't ever have to worry about your position and your salary again. Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. And I'm telling you that God is about to visit the Rock Church in a way financially that he has never done before. Clap your hands if you believe it. Oh, clap your hands if you believe it. Are y'all with me? Are you with me? Anybody got any debt? Raise your hand if you got debt. How many of you are in love with your debt? Apostolics can't be living like bankrupt people, like bankrupt sinners in the world. I don't mean to be offensive to anybody. But we can't be living with credit scores of 450 and credit scores of 480 and acting like we, 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 we don't even know what we're doing. The people of God are blessed and highly favored. And I'm telling you, there's all in the house right now. I feel the Holy Ghost. Come on. I'm telling you that this church is about to enter into an oil boom. You may not see it right now, but if you'll pop the cork off of that pot of oil and begin to pour it out, it's going to flow and it's going to be released in the name of the Lord. If you believe it, clap your hands and shout to God with a voice of triumph. Now, mammon's a spirit. Jesus talked about money more than any other subject. If this makes you uncomfortable, I'm sorry. You'd have been uncomfortable with Jesus. We're the ones that have the problem with money. God don't have a problem with money. Once you break the spirit of mammon, boy, I feel my help right now. Once you break the spirit of mammon, you have tapped into God's prosperity and his heavenly flow and I'm telling you right now this ain't a thing 
It ain't a big deal. It don't matter how they structure it. God's already got the resources. You've already been blessed. And if you'll pour it out. Now, for those of you that calculate and you're looking on the app, I don't think I can afford this. Please, I'm not trying to be unkind. It's my first service, but don't ever say that again. Don't ever say I can't afford that again. Don't you ever let those words come out of your mouth. Now why, why is this happening? Because God is only the beginning to do what he wants to do here. Because I'm gonna tell you, this ain't gonna be the only borrowed vessel that you inhabit. I see some other borrowed vessels. I see some satellite works. I see some daughter works. I see some preaching points. I see some places of ministry. I see God telling you, if you'll get me some more vessels, the oil will keep flowing. Do you believe what I'm preaching right now? God is releasing his prophetic power in this place right now. Somebody shout oil boom. Somebody shout oil boom. Now it seems if you were to purchase this building, you're about to incur a lot of debt. And this is what I've learned when you start talking about money. Sometimes people that shout about the vision but have never actually caught the vision when you start talking about how much it's going to cost they're like them spies that came back and said yeah it's everything we were told it was but you you forgot to mention how giant the opposition was gonna be. Now I'm gonna tell you something. You might, am I telling too much? Okay, you might take out a 30 year note on this. You might take out a 20 year note, but it ain't gonna be 20 or 30 years because God knows how to cancel the debt. And he's not gonna just bring people in to support the vision. He is going to bless the people that were here when the vision seemed like a fantasy. He's going to find young men and young ladies. He's going to find marries and singles. He's going to find blue collar and white collar in this place. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place right now. He's going to find some people and say, hey, I know you're not qualified, but I am going to give you favor and I'm going to promote you to the top. I'm going to move you into a place of blessing. Hallelujah. This this is not about what we can calculate. I I realize you're going to have to submit, you know, budgets and P&L statements and all that kind of stuff to get the transaction done. But I'm telling you, if somebody would just keep that pot tipped in the right way, 
You can look around and say, man, the mortgage note is $35,000, but we just dropped $200,000 on it. I, I know the mortgage note is $35,000 a month, but we just put half a million dollars on that. I don't know where it came from. And if God can't get it here, he'll bring somebody off of the street that'll say I was driving by and I don't know why, but something told me to walk up in this building. Here's a check for a million dollars. You don't know what God's gonna do because this ain't about what you can calculate. Oh, hallelujah, somebody, somebody ought to believe this preacher here this morning. Oh. Hallelujah. Now, we talk about the gifts of the Spirit. Stay with me. I won't be too much longer. I don't think. We talk about the gifts of the Spirit. Now, I'm not here to cross swords, and it's fine. Believe what you want to believe. I just make a distinction like this because it's me. I don't want to mess with too much. But there's the gifts of healing. The gifts of healing. That's multiple. That's, that's more than one. Now, I personally believe that there is a gift of healing for every disease that exists. I believe those 39 straps on his back, I believe every one of them represented a gift of healing but then there's the working of miracles and that's what we don't talk about a lot because we equate the working of miracles with the healing for the sick to me they're not the same I'm not trying to cross any sores well what's the working of miracles well it was when Joshua was out on the battlefield and things weren't going as quickly as they needed to go and, and, and nobody told him God didn't speak to him and say, if you'll point at the sun, I'll do something. He didn't know, but instinctively something came out of him. A prophetic word. Oh my God. A prophetic word came out of him and said, Son, stand still. That's a working of miracles. The working of miracles is when Moses was standing on the on the shore of the Red Sea. And there was nowhere to go. It looked impossible, Bishop. It looked like it couldn't happen. It looked like the enemy was breathing down their neck and was going to turn them into a laughing stock. But all of a sudden, a strong east wind began to blow. A strong east wind began to blow. And the waters parted. Hither and thither they walked through. That's the working of miracles. The working of miracles is when Jesus was minding his own business at the marriage of the Cana of Galilee. And they said, we're out of wine. We're out of wine. He wasn't going to do anything. But mama comes over, tells the servants, hey, if he gives you any back talk, I'll handle it. Do whatever he tells you to do. Now he told them to do something first. He said, you need to fill the pots with water. What I'm going to tell you is, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to issue a simple warning. Because in times like this, it's easy for the fulfillment of the vision to 
to just go right over people's head. That ain't no big deal. You know what the tithes and offering are in here. We're a big church now. We can do this on our own. No, no. No. What God wants to release is the working of miracles. To not just buy the building, but to cancel that debt. Not only what does he want to do it for the church at, at corporately, but he wants to do it for you as an individual. Raise your hand if you're in debt. Raise your hand if you're in debt. I'm preaching to you right now. Raise your hand if you have all the money you ever want to have. Raise your hand if you're in your dream home. Some of you might be. Raise your hand if you're in your dream home. All right? There's two of you, three of you. All right? Oh, there's a few of you. There's four or five. Raise your hand. Raise your hand if, if, if your automobile has got a lot of miles and it gives, it's giving you too much trouble. Raise your hand. Uh-oh. Wait, wait a minute. Wait, this is another message altogether right here. Let's, let's, take, let's take a break here. Raise your hand. Raise your hand if you're driving a clunker. Okay, that's too, that's too extreme. Raise your hand. Raise your hand if your car gives you too much trouble and, you, and, you, and you've been frustrated with it. He, he didn't just cancel the debt. He said, lady, you didn't even know that what you had all this time was enough to take care of whatever you need. Now, I'm not talking about covetousness. I'm not talking about lusting after things. I'm not talking about making a car the center of your prayer meeting. I'm not talking about begging God to give you a 15,000 square foot mansion. If you live in one, God bless you. I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about trusting in the Lord and saying, God, I don't have a lot, but I do have this pot and I've got all in it. All you need is your prophetic word tell you something it, it wasn't just her pouring out that released the oil it was the prophetic word that came from the prophet and some of you need to understand right now the word the word that God has given you in this place just a simple little instruction to tell you that pot you have it's upside down no 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 it's right side up no, no, not in God's world. The pot you have of oil is upside down. And if you will turn it right side up and you'll begin to pour, the working of miracles is going to be released in your job and in your life and in this church. Now, how? What, what, what does the working of miracles look like? Well, sometimes it looks like I want you to write a $20,000 check. Well, that's all I got in my, in my savings. That, that, that's all I got for the future. I've been holding on to that for a rainy day. Well, how many rainy days have you had? That money's still sitting there. Yeah. 
Lord says, I want you to empty that out. And you go, uh, uh. you know how long that took me? Is this okay? You know how long that took me to save? Probably as long as that woman had that pot sitting in her house. Now he told her, he said, he said, when I'm gone, the prophet wasn't even there when she poured it out. He said, go tell them to borrow vessels. Get as many as you can. They come in, shut the door. Shut yourself in. If you really want to see the, re the release of God's miraculous provision, somebody got to get shut in with God. And somebody got to get shut in with their prophetic word. Now, I'm going to tell you, I, I, I was 16 years old. I, I'd been saving two or three years for a car, my first car. Got my driver's license. And I, and I saved and I saved and I saved and I saved $2,506. That was in 1986. That's how old I am. And one night in a service, a man of God came to the pulpit. He wasn't even preaching there. The back door is open. He walked in, walked straight to the platform. Of course, he had been there many times. He just walked straight to the platform unannounced. He walked up to the preacher, grabbed the microphone. He said, there's, a, there's four people in this building that'll give $100,000, uh, I'm sorry, $250,000, I'm sorry, $25,000 tonight. There's four people in this building that'll give $25,000 tonight. Well, just like that, one man stood up and said, I'll give it. Those other two, my knowledge, never gave that $25,000. Makes me wonder what really happened to them. And I was sitting there. He said, let's just pray for a minute. Because God's going to give somebody an opportunity to be blessed or cursed here. I remember bowing my head over here. I put my head between my, my hands. And I, I was praying, God, Lord, you know if I had that $25,000, I would give it. And he said, what about your 2,500? I'm serious. And I said, yeah, yeah. I didn't give it a second thought. I get up out of the service. I get in my car and I start going around to ATMs. But I think I'm going to be smooth, you know. So I would draw $1,250. 1250 That's not what the Lord said. And so I put it in a wide envelope. I come up to my bishop, J.J. Bourne. I come up to him and I hand him this unmarked wide envelope. And I said, the Lord told me to give this. I didn't tell him what it was. He looked at it. He said, thank you. And walked off. And I went, okay. Can't wait until he sees what's in it. That's what goes through your mind. Are y'all here this morning? And so a month goes by and two months go by. And guess how much money I still have in my account. It has not grown. $1,256. And so I said, Lord, I gave that $1,250. I gave that, and I, I don't understand why it's not growing. I, you know, I thought I was going to get a new car when I did that. And he said, I didn't tell you to give $1,250. I told you to give $2,500. And so here I go. I get cash from the ATM. I come back, same drill. I put it in a white envelope. I hand it to my bishop. 
He's right there on the edge of the platform. As soon as it touched his hands, he said, in the hour that you need it the most, God's going to bless you tenfold. I didn't, I didn't know that seven years later, I was going to be at Bible college with no money, no way to pay my school bill, $2,500 a semester. One, one day in the middle of the spring semester, I had sold everything just to pay for the fall. Is this okay? And I'm in the middle of the spring semester, and the vice president of the school comes up to me, and he's got a pink piece of paper in his hand. He says, uh, Brother Todd, he said, uh, here, here's this. And I, I said, well, what is it? He said, this is about your school bill. I said, oh, Brother Austin, I'm so, I'm so sorry. I promise you. I know I haven't paid anything on my school bill. I'm dead broke, but I promise you I'll get that money somehow by the end of the semester. He said, oh, no. He said, it's not, he said, it's not a bill. It's a receipt. I said, a receipt? He said, do you know a lady named Aline Bailey? I said, I've never heard of her. He said, well, she's, she's 78 years old. She knew your mother when they were teenagers. She ran into one of your mother's sisters. She was asking about Benny's boys. And they told her the youngest one's at Bible college and the first words out of her mouth is, how's he going to pay for it? She said, I don't know. He said, well, don't they have financial aid? Don't they have student loans? She said, no, not at this college. She said, well, I have been the dean of women. I was the dean of women at Baylor College in Texas for years. And my job was to raise money. And she said, I have helped attorneys and doctors and, and all these kind of people get through college. And, and they still call me today. All I got to do is pick up the phone and tell them I need $500. I need $1,500. I need you to send me a check for $5,000. And when he handed me that receipt, he said, did you look at it carefully? And I said, no. He said, that's not your receipt for this semester. That's your receipt till you get your degree. Yeah, somebody else ought to do that right there. I'm talking about miraculous provision. I'm talking about the working of miracles. Stand to your feet if you would. Now listen to me. He said, there's a number on that receipt and she wants you to call her. Watch this. I called her. She says, is this Todd? I said, it is. Well, my name's Aline. She said, I love you, son. I've never met you, but I love you. I said, Aline, I... I I don't even know what to tell you. I, I, I am speechless. I am stunned. This is, this is within the hour after he had handed me that. He said, oh, son, you don't worry about that, honey. She said, now, what kind of clothes are you wearing? I said, well, I'm, I'm wearing suits, but I, I literally wear the same suit to class every day. That's all I got. Anybody ever been there before? I literally did. I wore the same suit. You say, oh, exactly. He said, no, son, I want to buy you some clothes. What kind of suits do you wear? 
No, she said, she said, is there a nice men's store in town? I said, well, there is, but it's high dollar stuff. She said, well, like what? I said, oh, you know, $2,000 Canales and $1,800 Armani's skin shoes and all that kind of stuff. She said, oh, okay, that sounds like a nice store. Well, I'll tell you what you do. I want you to go buy you six suits. And I want you to buy two dress shirts for each suit. Buy you a couple of new pairs of those skin shoes. You buy you all the socks that you need and get you some real nice ties. When I calculated it all up from the school to the apparel, $25,000 that woman sowed into my life from one prophetic word that said in the hour that you need this the most, God's going to bless you tenfold. But he didn't do it when I gave half of what he said to give. He did it when I obeyed him. I'm telling you right now, some of you are about to unlock heaven's bounty and be blessed. God is going to move in your life. Hallelujah. Somebody ought to clap your hands unto the Lord. Now, some of you don't care about money, and I can't help that. If you're happy the way you are, that's good. But the Lord needs you to be a conduit for the blessings of God to flow into this church so that more borrowed vessels can be filled with the oil that you have in this place. Somebody say the miraculous is going to break the back of debt. And the flow is going to break the stalemate. You ever been to a place where it's just like, you know you're fixing to cross over into something amazing, you just can't get there? Anybody ever been there? It's like a stalemate. That flow will break the stalemate in this place. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, there's going to be people that will flood. I thank God for the four that got baptized this week, filled with the Holy Ghost. But how much are you going to shout when it's 54? Or 104? You're not hearing me right now. How much are you going to shout when it's 204? Because these are the last days. And God's going to give his church a revival and a harvest. And he's going to cancel your debt. He's going to cancel their debt. He's going to bring every bondman out. He's going to bring every servant out. I feel a revival brewing. Come on, there's an oil boom about to be released in this place. God is going to do it. God is going to do it. I wish somebody would praise him right now. I wish somebody would shout to God right now. Come on, you can do better than that. Hallelujah. Come on, praise him again. Praise him again. Praise him again. Praise him again. I feel a debt cancellation anointing in this place right now.
Everybody stay with me. If you're in financial debt, I want you to come lying right across the front. If you're, if you're ready for God to break this. This ain't, a, this ain't a magic wand. This ain't a magic wand. I said it before. If you want to release bottomless blessings, you got to take the lid off. Last year, the Lord spoke to me. Am I okay? What, what time did I start? December 12th of 21. I was reading a book. The book was called, I recommend you read it. It's called Why Some Churches Are Blessed. Why Some Churches Are Blessed. I'd recommend all of you read it. It's a thin book. Somebody sent it to me. I picked it up and started reading it. I didn't put it down. I read it all the way through. The next day, I picked it up and read it all the way through. And the next day, I picked it up and read it all the way through. And I was in the first few pages of that book for the first time. And the Lord spoke to me. He was talking about missions and all this kind of stuff. And the Lord spoke to me. All you folks are in debt. That didn't look like as many hands as went up earlier. I mean, it looks like way more. Are y'all okay? Y'all gonna like me whether you like it or not. So anyway. So in the first few pages of that book, the Lord spoke to me. He said that that verse was in there. Shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. The Lord spoke to me. He said, you, he said you, you've, done, you've done well at reaching Jerusalem. And he said, you've done pretty good at reaching Judea, Indiana, Kentucky. He said, you've done all right at reaching Samaria, United States of America. But he said, you've not done very well with the uttermost parts of the earth. And he said, if you will sow to the uttermost parts of the earth. Now, we, we were givers to missions been givers to missions for a long time but not like God wanted us to be he said if you will sow to the uttermost parts of the earth I will bring the uttermost parts of the earth to you well it smote me it smote me now what you don't know is our dream is a 30 million dollar project that's what we've been working on for years it's the elusive promise. But I had a preacher in my pulpit years before that said, you'll never save your way into that building, but you can sow your way into that building. And I really, I really didn't know what that meant. I really didn't know what that meant until I read that book. And I'm thinking about this huge project. How can we up our missions giving? How can we do this? And that night we had a faith promise service and the Lord spoke to me and my wife to give the largest offering we've ever given to anything. It was, it was way so far in another galaxy. 
as to what we were able to give over the next 12 months. How in the world is that going to happen? Well, it's going to happen because what you need for that is already in the pot. This is how it's going to happen. And as we got into that, I started giving. It was getting tight. I thought, oh, Lord, I don't know how we're going to make it. But all of a sudden, about three or four months in, it was like the dam broke. And God started releasing finances, mostly not from the church, but from abroad. And a woman from Serbia walked in and God filled her with the Holy Ghost. And a man from Honduras walked in and God filled him with the Holy Ghost. And somebody from the Philippines walked in and God filled him with the Holy Ghost. And somebody from Haiti walked in and God filled him with the Holy Ghost. And somebody from Panama walked in and God filled him with the Holy Ghost. Because God said, if you'll sow to the uttermost, boy, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Now, the reason I'm saying this, he can decide what goes on with missions here and all that kind of stuff. But what I'm saying is, we think that we can only give to one thing at one time. But the mortgage note or the rent of this church can never become the object of financial pressure. God is not going to allow pressure to come where he's not going to release the provision. How many, how many of you believe what I'm saying right now? I'm telling you, I, I feel a release. God knows how to provide for his kingdom. I don't know what your annual budget in this church is. I don't know what it is. But I just heard the number over my left hand, my left ear here. Now, I'm not putting a time frame on it. But it is the will of God that this church have a $10 million annual budget. It's the will of God. And guess who he's going to bless to make that happen? You and you and you and you because it's going to come through his power. Oh, I feel, I feel the angels of God in this place right now. Now, now you're, if you're not a tither, ain't nobody can help you. Tithe is a debt you owe. And I, it's doubtful that it's happening in this building. But I know it does happen in churches. Sometimes people are keeping God in debt. You got a debt you owe and you better pay it. You cannot remove the curse without paying the debt that you owe. The blessings, the blessings began with the giving of the offering that says, God, you've been good to me. God, there's vision I want to sow into. God, there's missions around the world that I want to support. God, there's a need here that I want to give to. That's where the blessing comes from. Because that ain't mandatory. That The amount isn't mandatory. The offerings are mandatory, but the amount is not. It comes out of the abundance of the love that you have for God. Those of you that are up here, I want you to lift your hands right now. Father, in the name of Jesus. I want you to see every credit card balance. I want you to see it beginning to evaporate. 
I want you to see every tax bill being settled. I want you to see your bank account being filled with abundance and plenty. In the name of Jesus. Come on. Come on. In the name of Jesus. This isn't a magic wand. It's a prophetic word to this church right now. God has got to get the shackles off of you so that you can do what you're able to do for the kingdom. That's it. Come on. My God, I feel the visitation of the Holy Ghost here right now. I feel God moving in this place right now. I feel His anointing breaking things in this place right now. My God! My God! I bind the spirit of mammon. I bind the spirit of greed. I bind the spirit of selfishness. I bind the spirit of fear. I bind the spirit of unbelief. And I release the blessings and the prosperity of God. Come on, Rock Church. Lift your voice. Lift your voice. That's it. Come on, somebody praise the name of Jesus. Somebody rejoice in the blessings of God. Oh, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on. Pray fervently. Pray fervently. Push in the Holy Ghost right now. Push in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Come on, push right now. Push right now. God is about to break the back of something. I wish I had somebody full of faith right now. I wish I had somebody that would say, this is it. This is my moment. This is our hour. We're rising up. We're not afraid. We're crossing over. Oh my God, I feel the Holy Ghost right now.
go ahead and start dancing in advance. Somebody ought to start rejoicing right now like you have a zero balance on your credit card. I'm sorry for going so long. I'm waiting on this thing to lift. Yeah. Yeah. Let me show you. I'm going to show you how the prophetic word works. First, I, I don't know. Five, six, seven years, we were in New Albany. Our debt started climbing. We were trying to keep the church afloat. We'd pay this, we'd pay that. Before I knew it, I'm fixing to tell you something ungodly. I said we had, we, we had built over $150,000 on credit cards. Not the church, it's me. Trying to keep the vision moving at a rapid pace. Because the people were new, they were babies, they didn't get it all. We was running about 150 people at the time. And one night my bishop, he's a prophet of God, he, he came in. He turned to me, he said, how much debt do you have? I said, you don't want to know. He said, how much debt do you have? I said, I'm ashamed to say I have over $150,000 in debt, but it's not because of extravagant spending. It's because I was doing what I felt like I needed to do for the church. He said, come off the platform. He said, get your wife back there by the hands stand out in the aisle we stood out in the aisle and he said I see I see gold coins coming out of the ceiling falling down bouncing off the top of y'all's head he said it's filling up and he said you're waist deep in gold coins he said I can't tell you when it's going to begin but when the Lord releases it in 90 days he's going to wipe your debt out 90 90 days. That old flesh. That's how prophecy works. It's like you can't really see it when it's being spoken. And I'm telling you, nothing happened for about six months. But when it happened, 90 days, God canceled it all out. 
It happened exactly like that. I'm just telling you right now, I know what I feel and I know what I heard. Now they're going to sing. What y'all going to sing? Huh? Yeah, put a praise on it. I was hoping y'all didn't say amazing grace. Now, if there's anybody in here, you might need to get you a little, a little room. You're going to praise him. Like God just answered every one of your prayers. Now, if you're going to stand here like a statue, then you need to just back on up. But if you're going to get your praise on, if you're going to put a praise on it, you better get ready to lift your voice right now. Oh, I feel something getting ready to break right now. In the name of Jesus. Come on. Come on. Come on. Don't pay attention to them. Come on. It's time to break something right now in the Holy Ghost. So I'm going to put a praise on it. I'm going to put a, I'm going to put a praise on it. Hey, 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 hey. So I'm going to put a praise on it. Oh, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to put a praise on it. So what you going to do? I'm going to put a praise on it. Yeah. I'm going to put a, I'm going to put a praise on it. Yeah. Oh, what you going to do? I'm going to put a praise on it. Ooh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to put a praise on it. Say, so I'm going to put a praise on it. I'm going to put a praise on it. So I'm going to put a praise on it. Come on, the Holy Ghost is just now getting ready to do something in this place. Listen, I want you to hear something. We're going to be done here in just a few moments. I, I don't want you to worry about what time it is right now. It's Holy Ghost time. Yeah. Brother Devin, I want you to help me. I, I want you to mute the, the, the audio going to the live. You can leave the live stream rolling. Just mute the audio going to the live stream for a few moments. I'll tell you when to turn it back on.